This is God's servant Philip Koshikoshi. I am the pastor of Revelation Church. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. I pray that you will experience the power of God's word in all its richness and glory today. May your faith be revived, your mind be renewed, and your body be healed in Jesus' name. Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for allowing us to gather together in this manner. Thank you for all that you have in store for us. Lord, even as a church, Lord, we want to receive continually receive word counsel correction encouragement show us the way lord show us the way show us the way lead us in the way everlasting thank you for what you have in store thank you for what you have in store for us lord every distraction be removed every spirit of distraction be removed in jesus name be gone in Jesus name we sanctify this place for the ministering of God's word for the power of the holy spirit to manifest thank you pa thank you for what you're going to do thank you thank you thank you in Jesus name we pray amen isaiah 60 and verse 7 and i shall glorify my glorious house let's do that reading that exciting reading from matthew chapter 1 verses 1 to 17 can brother king come up and read it for me matthew chapter 1 verses 1 to 17 verse reading from verse 1 the record of the genealogy of jesus the messiah the son of david the son of abraham abraham was the father of isaac isaac the father of jacob and jacob the father of judah and his brothers judah was the father of perez and zerah by tamar Perez was the father of Hezron and Hezron was the father of Ram. Ram was the father of Aminadab and Aminadab the father of Nahshon and Nahshon the father of Salmon. Salmon was the father of Boaz by Rahab. Boaz was the father was the father of Obed by Ruth and Obed was the father of Jesse. Jesse was the father of David the king. David was the father of Solomon by Bathsheba who had been the wife of Uriah. Solomon was the father of Rehoboam and Rehoboam the father of Abijah and Abijah the father of Asa Asa was the father of Jehoshaphat Jehoshaphat the father of Joram and Joram the father of Uzziah Uzziah was the father of Jotham Jotham the father of Ahaz and Ahaz the father of Ezekiah Ezekiah was the father of Manasseh Manasseh was the father of Amon and Amon the father of Josiah Joshua became the father of Jeconiah and his brothers at the time of the deportation to Babylon. After the deportation to Babylon, Jeconiah became the father of Shealtiel, and Shealtiel the father of Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel was the father of Abihud, and Abihud the father of Eliakim, and Eliakim the father of Azor. Azor was the father of Zadok, and Zadok the father of Akim, and Akim the father of Elud. Eliud and Eliud was the father of Eliaza and Eliaza was the father of Matan and Matan the father of Jacob Jacob was the father of Joseph the jo- the husband of Mary by whom Jesus was born who is called the Messiah so all the generations from Abraham to David are 14 generations from David to the deportation to Babylon 14 generations and from the deportation to Babylon to the messiah 14 generations praise god hallelujah 
No, I I've heard some good reports that some of you are studying the the genealogy by heart. Amazing. It's amazing. So I encourage you to study the genealogy of of Christ. At least this genealogy we are, we are on this reading and uh, there are a lot of characters here. I'm not going to go do a recap. There are a lot of characters in this genealogy. We have zeroed in on one person. We are looking at the story of Ruth. Say Ruth. Amen. And um, we already looked at the first chapter, into the first chapter of Ruth, the book of Ruth. Uh, for those of you who missed the first two parts of this sermon series, I encourage you to go and, um, and listen to it on, on YouTube. It's available on on YouTube channel and also on our various podcast platforms. It's a blessed series. Uh, I encourage you to go back and listen. If you have not already, yeah? Go back and listen to the series. Let's read those first three verses in Ruth chapter 2. We considered it last week, but let's read it together one more time. Ruth chapter 2 verses 1 to 3. Now Naomi had a kinsman of her husband, a man of great wealth, of the family of Elimelech, whose name was Boaz. And Ruth, the Moabitess, said to Naomi, Please let me go to the field and glean among the ears of grain after one in whose sight I may find favor. And she said to her, Go, my daughter. So she departed and went and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And she happened to come to the portion of the field belonging to Boaz, who was of the family of Elimelech. So we looked into this three verses last week. Uh, and we learned a few things. There's so much to study in just three verses. I hope you remember what we learned last week. Do you remember what we learned last week? Something about Ruth. What is so special about Ruth that we see in these three verses? Ruth had what? She took, before that, she took initiative. Say initiative. She took the initiative. You know, she didn't wait for, uh, you know, something to happen. She just took the initiative. She went and asked her, her mother-in-law. She, she, took, she took the initiative and then she sought the the permission, that's right. She sought the permission. It's a good thing to seek permission from those who are in authority over you. So she took the, she had the initiative. But I, I told you last week that initiative without submission is rash. And here we see Ruth had the initiative. But it was backed with seeking permission. Say permission. And seeking blessings. Say blessings. Now she wanted her mother-in-law to, to bless her. And give her the permission to go. What else about Ruth we learned? About her language. Yeah. About her language. What is so special about what Ruth spoke? Huh? She said politely, but something about her language that we should adapt into our lives. She spoke in faith. That's right. She spoke in faith. She was not, she was not telling, his, telling her mother-in-law that I don't know what's going to happen. It may or may not work. She was not in doubt. She said, I'm going that I may find favor. These are important things that we, we learn from the character of Ruth in this first three verses in chapter 2. She took initiative. She was submitted and she sought blessings and Ruth spoke in faith. Amen. 
do not underestimate the the blessings and submission do not underestimate the blessings and submission not nowadays pastors deter from speaking these things for the fear of being labeled as a manipulative manipulative person but the bible teaches us to it prescribes teaching these things teaching submission is an important trait of a disciple to be submitted it's a good thing it's a it's a blessing it's a blessing to be submitted to your parents it's a blessing to be submitted to your leaders it's a blessing to be submitted to your pastor it's a blessing to be submitted to your mentor it's a blessing to be submitted to the church to fellowship and ruth was submitted she was not rash you know what submission can do when we study the the story of ruth we realize that submission can attract the grace of god submission can attract the the grace of god and that's one thing that is that is standing out in the story of ruth she was submitted she saw she sought permission she sought blessings and she spoke in faith what happened grace got attracted to her favor got attracted to her and you want to walk in grace you want to walk in favor be submitted the bible talks about it even in the new testament god gives grace to the god gives grace to the so now we are learning the same thing in the old testament god gives grace to the humble but he resists the proud so you want to attract grace into your life be humble be submitted be submitted be humble discard pride do not be haughty in your life be submitted submission attracts the grace of god into your life faith attracts the favor of god into your life she attracted favor how she spoke in faith she said may i may go and find favor it was a language of faith i told you not to cancel out favor by speaking the wrong thing now we do that when you go when you when you go to the other side when you reach heaven you'll realize the number of times you've actually cancel out favor in your life by wrong by speaking the wrong language and you'll be amazed i'm telling you your days would have been much more easier your burdens would have been much more lighter things would have been much more faster and smoother had you not cancelled out the favor of god by speaking the wrong language we have to learn to speak you have to learn to speak now i i i will always appreciate especially husband and husbands and wives this is one thing that you must learn to do learn to keep a check on your spouse spouse's mouth learn to keep a check I mean, you might be a pastor but you can speak rubbish you can be a minister of god but you can speak rubbish it's good to have somebody with you to correct you when you are speaking wrong and as friends you must correct each other i'm i'm seeing friends all over there are two friends here two friends there two friends there friends all over as friends you must have the freedom drama bros you must have the freedom to correct each other when your bro speaks the wrong language it is not in line with god's word correct him in law 
You say, damn it, that's not right. You say, Michael, Michael, no, that, that's not how we should speak. Start now. Ha- give the freedom to your friend to correct you. It'll do you so much of good. Give the freedom to your wife to correct you, Tijo. It'll do you so much of good. Give access into your lives. When you speak the wrong language, let her correct you. That's not right. That's not according to God's word. Do the same thing to her also. When she speaks something off, tell her, no, that's not according to God's word. Because by speaking the wrong language, you are in effect cancelling out the favor of God. Or blocking the favor of God. The Bible says, life and death is in the power of your... We know these scriptures, but we don't know how to apply this. We don't know how to apply this. Now you can speak life, you can speak death with the same tongue. We looked into that scripture a couple of weeks back uh, from James. With the same mouth, they bless the Lord. And with the same mouth, they curse those who are created in the image of God. How strange, how weird. What an anomaly that is. So here we see this character by the name Ruth. My good friend Ruth. Ruth went out to what? She went out to? Say glean. You know what glean means? Now some of you don't know the meaning of the word glean. You must know the, the meaning of the word glean to understand who Ruth was and what her life was about. She went out to glean. Say together glean. glean. Say glean. glean. Say together glean. glean. You know what glean means? Glean means to gather little by little. That's what it means. To gather. The, in fact, the dictionary me- meaning goes like this. To gather slowly and laboriously, bit by bit. She was not a reaper. She was a gleaner. You know, reapers hold the sheaves and just and reap it. One swing, there's a bunch in the hand. But that's not the case with gleaners. They are waiting for the droppings. What's left behind? They had to follow the trail of the reapers. That was Ruth. She was following the trail of the reapers. In fact, her provision for the day was determined by the mercy of the reapers. That was Ruth. Perky, that's right. A Malayalam word for the gleaner will actually be perky. That's what she's doing. Bit by bit. A couple of grains there, a couple of grains here, a few grains there, a few grains here. Little by little, slowly, laboriously. So she went out to glean. And the objective was to gather some grain to meet the immediate need of the family. You must know this. There's a need in the family. No food in the house. No food in the house. Two stomachs have to be fed. Hers and her mother-in-law's. Need, immediate need. So what was the goal? Gather enough for dinner time. Enough grain for dinner time. Short-term goal. No other agenda. Her, look at this. Her eyes was not on the large field of Boaz. The Bible is very clear about that. 
The Bible says she happened. She happened to be. She happened to go or come. She happened to come to the, the portion of the field, it says. It says portion of the field. Which belonged to Boaz. She happened. Her eyes were not on any large fields in Bethlehem. She was just focused on receiving favor. She told her mother, mother-in-law very clearly, I may find that I may find favor. She didn't have no other objective. She did not want to, want to make it big. She didn't have a big dream or anything. She said, I'm going to receive favor today. I'm going to glean, but I'm going to receive favor. It's going to be a small portion maybe, but I'm going to receive favor. You must understand, it might be a small portion, but if you have favor, everything will work well for you. The problem is, our eyes are on the large fields, the large chunks of land. And we are, we are striving for it. We are laboring for it. We are sweating it out for, for becoming an owner of that land. But Ruth was not like that. She just wanted to feed herself and her mother-in-law. She was not driven by... She was not driven by what meets the eye. She was not driven by the size of the field. The Bible says she happened to come. She was not driven by the size of the field. She was driven by the favor of God. The favor of God. I don't know what is driving you today or in this season. Are you driven by selfish, selfish ambitions? Are you driven by today? Brother King was mentioning about that. What are you pursuing in life? Are you pursuing wealth? Are you pursuing riches, houses and cars, big salary? I don't know what you're pursuing. Fame, money. The Bible very clearly says the, the love of money is the root of all evil. All sorts of evil. That's right. What are you pursuing in life? Pursue righteousness, godliness, amen, faith, love, peace, gentleness. That's right. Ruth was pursuing favor. She was pursuing favor. Driven by favor. Driven by favor. Be driven by favor. Be driven by favor. The size of the portion did not drive Ruth. Ruth happened to come to... I like that the fact that the Bible mentions to a portion of the field belonging to Boaz. Ruth happened to come to a portion of the field belonging to Boaz. Nothing is happenstance when you're walking in favor. Now you coming to church today is not happenstance. It's not happenstance. Nothing is happenstance. Nothing is a coincidence. There's no such word as happenstance. It's a, it's a fun word to use. Nothing is a coincidence. When you're walking in the favor of God, everything is with purpose. Ruth happened to come to a portion of the field belonging to Boaz. Now, I would rather go to a field, a portion of the field where I will find favor than be in a, a large field all by myself working it out.
I would rather be in a small portion of a field in the favor of God, receiving favor from God, than be in a large field all by myself, laboring it out. Let it sink in, sink in, consider, meditate, selah, behold, look at it, look at that. You must rather be in a small portion. A small portion of the field where you receive favor from the Lord than be in a large field all by yourself laboring it out. Now today, Christians make, I mean, Christians find it absolutely difficult to, to make decisions. The size of the field matters. The size of the field matters. Brother King was ministering in a, in a church, pastored by my friend, Pastor Vijay. He was ministering there last week. Last week? Week before last. Week before last. That's right. How many people in the church? Five or seven people. But the way in which he explained how he enjoyed that time. I got, I got to see some photos and you know, even Pastor Vijay sent me some photos of them having fellowship and them being together. The joy... It's not about the size. It's not about the size, but be in a place where you're receiving favor from the Lord. Are you walking in favor? Are you walking in favor? Or are you working it out all by yourself? Exhausting yourself. Your fuel is running out. Resources are running out. Strength is running out. You're aging. Your, your strength is failing. Or are you in a place in the presence of God, in the fullness of God, you're being revived and renewed day by day. Amen. Hallelujah. Full of sap, full of strength, full of energy. It's not the size of where you are that matters. It's the size of your favor that matters. It's the size of your favor that matters. We are in Christmas season and we are, we are considering Bethlehem. We are considering Ruth. We also touched on this lady by the name Mary. Highly favored one. That was the salutation that she received. Highly favored one. Do you know that you can increase the size of your favor? If somebody were to say that you can increase the size of your biceps. Oh, that's, tell me, tell me how to do it. But you can actually increase the size of your favor. By being humble. God gives grace to the humble. He gives grace. He increases grace. And some of you don't know this. That you can actually increase. You can walk in greater grace. You can walk in greater grace. 2020 you can walk in greater grace. Huh? That's right. You can create grace in your life by being humble. You can make room for grace in your life by being submitted, by speaking in faith. Hallelujah. Verse 4. Now behold, say now behold, the hero enters. Now behold, Boaz, 
came from Bethlehem and said to the reapers. Now you know that the Bible does not use this term loosely, behold. I hope you all know that. The Bible does not use the term behold loosely. If the Bible says behold, it's about a spectacular entry. Now behold, Boaz came from Bethlehem and said to the reapers, May the Lord be with you. And they said to him, May the Lord bless you. That is Boaz's entry into the story. Like they say, mass entry. He just entered. And the first thing that he's saying is, May the Lord be with you. He's reminding his reapers about the presence of God. Boaz's opener in the story is by reminding his workers of the presence of God. May the Lord be with you. That's whom I would call a dream employer to work for. Always pronouncing blessings. Always reminding his, his uh, workers, his uh, subordinates about the presence of God. The dream place to work in. Reminding his workers of the presence of God and inspiring them to talk likewise. You know, it's become a part, it's become a greeting in that workplace. May the Lord be with you. Response, may the Lord bless you. Wow. Imagine your workplace, the place that you're working. Your boss comes to you and says, may the Lord be with you. And you respond by saying, may the Lord bless you. A wonderful workplace culture to have. Now, if you're running a business or you have workers under you, be a boss like Boaz. If you're running a business or you, you are in charge of a workplace, be a boss like Boaz. Make your team of workers aware of God. You're a headmistress. Make your teachers aware of God. Be a boss like Boaz. Make your colleagues aware of the presence of Jesus in your life. Make your colleagues aware of the presence of Jesus in your life. Now if you cannot do that in the place that you're in, whether it's your workplace or your college or your school, whether you're studying or working or your professional career is, if you cannot make the people around you aware of the presence of God in your life, then you are in the wrong place. If you cannot make your peers aware of the presence of God in your life, then you are in the... Because the only objective of a Christian life is to, to show Christ. Well, now it's very difficult to understand these things. The only objective of a Christian life is to reveal Christ. These are, these are basics, foundational things. The only objective of a believer's life is to show Christ. 
And if you cannot do so in your workplace, then you're in the wrong job. If you cannot open up about Jesus to those around you, then you're in the wrong place. I hope you're thinking, reflecting on that. If you cannot open up about Jesus in your workplace or wherever you are placed in, if you cannot open up about Jesus in that place, then you are in the wrong place, wasting your valuable time. You better get out of that place. That's not where God wants you to be. Because not a single day must go by in your life without revealing Christ. Not a single day must go by without you revealing Christ to somebody. If you are seeking for a job, have the desire to have a believer as your boss. How many of you are seeking for a job? I don't know. Have the desire to have a believer as your boss. That's a good desire to have. And if you don't get one, pray for your boss to become a believer and minister to him or her. As the Lord leads, of course. You know, the Bible says to work for or work under a believer. It's a great blessing. You know that? And the Bible says it. If, that's right. We read that same passage today. That's right. We read that passage today. First Timothy chapter 6. Can we have First Timothy chapter 6? I think it's verse 1 or 2. Okay. 2. Those who have believers as their masters must not be disrespectful to them because they are... Love that. Those who have believers as their masters must not be disrespectful to them because they are brethren, but must serve them all the more because those who partake of the benefit are believers and beloved. Teach and preach these principles. Amazing. Amazing. Serve believing masters all the more because they are believers and beloved, the Bible says. Hallelujah. That's a, that's a wonderful principle to follow in career planning. Okay, let's keep going. The Bo, then Boaz said to his servant who was in charge of the reapers, whose young woman is this? I hope you can hear some strings playing in the background. Some romantic strings. Boaz noticed Ruth. Whose young woman is this? Who's Ruth? Okay, Ruth is a widow. Say widow. Ruth is a widow. What else you know about Ruth? Ruth is a a Moabitess, which means she's a for, foreigner. That's right. She's a foreigner. She's a widow. She's excluded from the assembly of Israel as per the law. She has no part or portion in Bethlehem. And she has come to? To glean. Say glean. She's come to glean. To gather the fallen grains bit by bit, slowly, laboriously, in hope of finding favor. And the dinner back, I told you, the dinner back home depends on the mercy of the reapers. What they leave behind by mistake. You know that? 
that's right what falls from the table the crumbs that's right the cr- the crumbs from the the master's table in in new testament language she's a dog in jesus own language she's a she's likened to a dog because she's at the mercy of what falls from the master's table the crumbs if they if they are efficient in gathering in reaping she's left with nothing that's right that's called grace poor naomi poor ruth insignificant helpless obscure but grace but grace the story of ruth if i were to title the story of ruth i would say but grace or but favor when your story is like that you probably might not remember all that but your story is that but grace because grace is a game changer it's a game it changes everything about you it changes everything about you you might have nobody you might be a nobody with nobody to push your case so nobody to introduce you to stardom or to success but god's favor turns the limelight on you there are a lot of gleaners i'm sure there are a lot of gleaners in that portion of the field but when boaz came around his eyes fell on ruth because the favor of god was upon her and the grace of god was moving her because of which the 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 limelight of heaven fell upon ruth amen and he wanted to know the redeemer wanted to know whose young woman is this you end up being a star because you're graced you end up becoming a star you want to be a star how many of you want to be a star i want to be a star and how you can be a star depend on the grace of god just depend on the grace of god don't follow man's advice it'll end you in trouble it'll end you in trouble depend on the grace of god the grace of god can make you a star a shining star that's right to get the limelight seek pursue the limelight of heaven not the limelight on this earth nothing else matters look at the beautiful sight here the rich redeemer who is that boaz the rich redeemer's eyes fall upon ruth the young widow who happened to come to a portion of the field owned by this rich redeemer she was there to find some some form of sustenance when the eyes of the lord are upon you your circumstances does not matter what you've left behind does not matter moab does not matter anymore the father's house does not matter anymore the young charming men of moab does not matter anymore because you are moved by favor you come to the place you've returned to the presence of god and you're graced by him you are driven by favor nothing else matters nothing else matters 
Nothing else matters. In reality, grace is all that matters. Grace is all that matters. It's all that matters in your life. Ruth was noticed by Boaz. You would say that that was because she was beautiful. You would say that because she was hardworking or because she was young and energetic. But when you read the text and meditate on this, this chapter, this story, the more and more you realize that Ruth was noticed because of grace. Say grace. Grace. Grace highlights you. Grace highlights you. How many of you have used highlighter to read something? You know, you won't have used a highlighter on this page actually. Now you want to read something and the next time you read, you don't want to miss that. So you highlight a page or a line by applying that, that highlight marker or whatever it is. Grace highlights you. So that those who are looking at you will not miss you. She took the initiative. She sought the permission and the blessing of Naomi. She spoke in faith. She took action. And then she happened to be in the right place at the right time doing the right thing. Why? Because of grace. That No money can buy that. No consultancy can give that, that kind of an advice. No consultancy can give that kind of an advice. No career expert can give you that kind of an advice. Being in the right place at the right time, doing the right thing. Highlighted by heaven. What can mask that which is highlighted by heaven? And then Boaz happened to come in that exact same time and happened to take note of Ruth. Now you want to, you want to walk in the supernatural. You want to walk in the supernatural? How many of you want to walk in the supernatural? Be aware of grace. Attract grace. Attract grace. Depend on grace. Depend on grace. Now your dependency on the self will fetch you nothing. But if you depend on grace, the supernatural will be scripted into your life. It will be scripted into your life. Why? Because you are driven by grace and favor. What's the game changer? Say grace. Grace is the game changer. What makes you a star? Grace, the favor of God makes you a star. Grace is the game changer. That's right. The blessings of the Lord. Verse 6. The servant in charge of the reapers replied. I love this. The servant in charge of the reapers replied. She is the young Moabite woman who returned with Naomi from the land of Moab. And she said... Please let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. Thus she came and has remained from morning until now. She has been sitting in the house for a little while. Now I find it amazing that the servant in charge of the reapers, not in charge of the gleaners, the servant in charge of the, say reapers, who is Ruth? Gleaner. She's not in that category. She, the servant is in charge of the reapers. But the servant in charge of the reapers had so much of information to give concerning Ruth when Boaz asked. 
this is Ruth. This is the, the young Moabite woman who returned with Naomi from the land of Moab. And she said, she he even remembers what she said. He even remembered what she said. Please let me glean and gather after the reapers among the sheaves. And then he even observed what she's been doing. Thus she came and has remained from morning until now. He remembers when she came. He remembers what she's been doing. And she has been sitting in the house for a, just a little while. She hardly took any rest. What she said, what, when she came, and what she's been doing. Now everyone takes note when you're walking in grace. Not just Boaz, but the, the, the chief of the reapers, the servant of the reapers. Verse, verse 8. Then Boaz said to Ruth, Listen carefully, my daughter. Do not go to glean in another field. Furthermore, do not go on from this one, but stay here with my mates. Let your eyes be on the field which they reap and go after them. Indeed, I've commanded the servants not to touch you. When you're thirsty, go to the water jars and drink from what the servants draw. That's too much. Too much for a gleaner. Overcompensated. What do you think? Overcompensated. She just came to glean. She would have been happy with some leftover grain. Listen carefully, my daughter. Look at this. Boaz is already talking redemption language. Already talking redemption language. Listen carefully, my. Who is she? Say foreigner. Say stranger. No part, no portion in this land. Excluded from the assembly of Israel. But Boaz is already calling her daughter. He's expressing favor. When God's favor is upon you, everybody will express favor toward you. Everyone that matters will favor you. Every offer, office that matters in your life will favor you. If you're favored by God. He's expressing favor towards her. He would have surely remembered Elimelech. Because he said Naomi, came with Naomi. Yeah. So he would have remembered Elimelech. My daughter. Do not glean in another field. Do not go, go from, from this one. Stay here with my mates. Let your eyes be upon the field which they reap and go after them. Indeed, I've commanded the servants not to touch you. When you're thirsty, go to the water jars and drink from what the servants draw. The language of redemption. You must understand the language of God's redemption. Understand the language of God's redemption. And respond right with everything in life. You, you just see it. Everything you need in life is contained in the language of redemption. Look at that. My daughter, what is that? If somebody were to call you my daughter, my son, what is that? Assurance. My daughter. That's assurance. Do not glean in another field. Do not go from this one. What is that? Acceptance. 
Don't go anywhere else. This is yours. You're accepted. Stay here with my mates. What is that? Belonging. Let your eyes be upon the field which they reap and go after them. What is that? Guidance. Guidance. Indeed, I commanded the servants not to touch you. What is that? Protection. When you are thirsty, go to the water jars and drink from what the servants do. What is that? Provision. Acceptance. Assurance. Acceptance. Belonging. Guidance. Protection. And provision. Everything that a, a human being would need. Everything that a human being would need is found when God speaks redemption over you. Now we will... So in a, man would uh, slog his butt. If I might use that, I can use that word. He, a man would slog his butt, sweat it out, just to find these things, assurance and acceptance and belonging and guidance and, and protection and provision. They'll pay money. They'll sweat it out. Labor. But in God's eyes, if you're graced, all this belongs to you. Who is Ruth? Say Perki. That's what she, that's what she was. A Perki, a young widow, a nobody, a poor woman. No life support, nothing. Foreigner, no contacts, no connections. No social media page. Not even a resume. A foreigner. But why so much for Ruth? Assurance, acceptance, belonging, guidance, protection and provision. Does she deserve all that? We cannot explain that, can we? Now what grace will do to you in your life, in your life is inexplainable, unexplainable. And nobody can explain what's going on in your life. When you're graced of God. Nobody can explain. How come, how come this is happening to him? How come he is getting blessed? He's got a beautiful wife and three kids. How come? Does he deserve that? He's got a church full of wonderful people. Does he deserve that? I can't explain that. It's grace. Grace is always surrounded by friends. Does he deserve that? What grace attracts cannot be explained. Look at this. When she verse 10. Then she fell on her face, bowing to the ground, and said to him, Why have I found favor in your sight that, it, that you should take notice of me? Since I am a foreigner, Now, Ruth was not carried away by the perks, the salary package, the benefits. She was not carried away by all that. Her immediate response to that is, she fell at his feet. She fell at the feet of the Redeemer. Ruth fell at the feet of her Redeemer, expressing wonder. Why? Why have I found favor? 
know, some of us struggle to worship. On a Sunday morning, sometimes you struggle to worship. I've heard comments like this, today I couldn't worship. Ruth worship thinking about the why. Ruth could worship thinking about the why. Why me? Don't be so tough in the kingdom. I hope you ask yourself, why me? You ask the Lord, why me? Why me? Why me? One solid reason to fall at the feet of Boaz. Why? You need a reason to worship? I'll give you one solid reason. Why? Consider the why. Consider the why. You want a reason to serve the Lord? Consider the why. You want a reason to preach the gospel? Consider the why. Why me, Lord? Ruth could not find one good reason for all the kindness which Boaz bestowed upon her. Undone. She's undone. On the feet, on the ground, at the feet, falling prostrate. There's one question. Why? I just came to glean. I didn't make any demands. I didn't have any dreams also. I just came to glean. Why? Verse 11. Boaz replied to her, All that you have done for your mother-in-law after the death of your husband has been fully reported to me. And how you left your father and your mother and the land of your birth and came to a people that you did not previously know. She wanted a reason. So he's just starting off. Boss is trying to explain that reason. You must understand here, the blessings that came to her are the result of taking the right decision. All that you've done, when? After the death of your husband. It's a decision that she had to make. Her husband died. Husband died. She has to decide what to do now. Leave the mother-in-law and go back or go back to, and go back to the, the father's household or stay with her and go to a foreign land. The right decision will stay with you. It will follow you till you are blessed. The right decisions that you make will follow you and follow you till you are blessed. Till your cup overflows. Orpa used common sense to go back to her father's house. But Ruth just chose to be with Naomi. Look what Ruth's seemingly illogical. 
illogical stupid decision the world will say illogical stupid irrational unprofitable unjustifiable but heaven notices those details which no man may have noticed you serve the lord now and i want to bless you with something i want to release you from a some, from a burden i found this over and over uh, in in um in ministers of god and in believers now they would regret about having done this uh so sincerely and having done that so faithfully and having fetched nothing i want to set you free from that thought heaven noticed heaven noticed man would not have reciprocated but heaven has noticed every season that you sowed faithfully heaven has noticed the right decisions that you made heaven has noticed maybe you didn't you didn't hear firecrackers go up you didn't see lights and 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 smoke you didn't see any of those things maybe you didn't hear the applause but if you have done the right thing to honor god heaven has noticed heaven has noticed nothing not even a cup of cold water will go unnoticed So don't 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 hold on to that that bitter aspects i've served so faithfully i've done this i've done that but i was rejected i was kicked out i was sidelined i was uh, backstab leave it leave it behind you you were serving the lord christ it was the lord christ whom you served it was the lord christ whom you served not man When Ruth made the decision to follow Naomi it was not Naomi that she was following it was the god of Naomi that she was following May the Lord reward your work and your wages be full from the Lord the God of Israel under whose wings you have come to seek refuge so he is making it very clear no you have not come to seek you have not come seeking refuge under naomi you have not come seeking refuge under me but you have come seeking refuge under the wings of the living god of israel um, see have perspective in life have the right perspective in life and if you are if you are seeing only people and organizations and crowds and money and salary then you have the wrong perspective see christ see the lord be like peter if it is if it is you command me to come to you so both is explaining the answer to the why you want to know why you found favor in my eyes because you've come to seek refuge under the wings of the Lord the God of Israel you are seeking refuge under the under the wings of the God of Israel if you come to you've taken the refuge under the under Christ himself that's why you're favored that's why you're favored that's why you're favored Boaz continues to pronounce blessings upon her man of blessings he is he continually speaks in this language of blessings may the lord reward your work and your wages be full from the lord we must learn to walk, to speak like this always blessing may the lord reward you bless you 
give you a full reward. Be expressive in the kingdom. Especially when you're blessing. Especially when you're blessing, when you're giving, be expressive. Be expressive. Always blessing. Our servants, our maid servants, and even total foreigners must become blessed when we open our mouths. That's how Boaz was. Not only his workers and the chief of his workers, but also the foreigner who came to glean. They were all blessed. Why? Because this man is always blessing. May the Lord be with you. May the Lord reward you. Give you a full reward. Verse 13 says, Then she said, I found favor in your sight, my Lord, for you have comforted me and indeed have spoken kindly to your maidservant, though I am not like one of your maidservants. Verse 14, At mealtime, Boaz said to her, Come here. Come here. Invitation, come here. You're no longer a, a foreigner. Come here that you may eat of the bread and dip your piece of bread in the vinegar. And she, so she sat beside the reapers. Now the gleaner got, got promoted. He's sitting with the... The gleaner got promoted. Why? Because she had conversation with the redeemer. You want to be promoted? Have conversation with your redeemer. Some of you are not seeing promotion because you are not having conversation with your... You are in the same place. Been a gleaner all your life. Still a gleaner. You know why? Because you are not conversing enough with your redeemer. Ruth had one, one small conversation with the redeemer. Got promoted. Now she is no longer a foreigner. He is saying, come. Come here. Not a foreigner. Not a stranger. Come here. You are invited. Come and sit with the reapers. You are promoted now. So she sat beside the reapers and he served. And he, Boaz served Ruth who came to glean. When is the last time you served your servant? This way to understand the, the gravity of what is happening here. When is the last time you served your maid? The first day of work, Boaz is serving the gleaner. And he served her roasted grain. And she ate, say ate, and was satisfied, say satisfied. And had some left, say left, some left, extra, say extra. When God serves you, you will eat, you will be satisfied and you will have extra. When man serves you, it will barely fill your tummy. But when God serves you, you will eat, you will be satisfied and you will have some left. That's, how, that's who God is. When Jesus fed the, the multitudes, what happened? They were fed, they, were, they ate, they satisfied. Twelve baskets full. One for each disciple to take home. And the Bible is full of mysteries. The eyes of every living creature look to him for their food in due season. Here we are, looking at man's hands. 
എന്തേലും കിട്ടുമോ ഹൗ ഹൗ ട്വിസ്റ്റഡ് വി ആർ ഹൗ ഡിസ്റ്റോർഡ് വി ഹാവ് ബിക്കം when she look at that verse 15 when she rose to glean boaz commanded his servant saying let her glean even among the sheaves do not insult her probably the first time gleaning was redefined for the first time in the history of gleaning gleaning got redefined it's no longer following the trail of the reapers let her even glean among the the sheaves do not insult her don't shout at her special privileges the grace of god bestows undue honor it takes away your shame and your reproach the shame of your widowhood is no longer remembered because god has graced you god has graced you verse 16 and you shall and you sir somebody explain this to me she came to glean she was at the mercy of the she was at the mercy of the reapers when in the morning when she came she was at the mercy of the reapers by evening time the reapers are serving the gleaner they are instructed to serve her purposely pull out some grain from the bundles and leave it that she may glean and do not rebuke her no longer at the mercy of the reapers but being served by the reapers and sometimes it is hard to understand all this why so much freebies why so much of extra why so much of generosity why so much of kindness why so much of uh, um help and support because god has instructed is commanded the ravens the ravens are commanded to feed you to provide for you he commanded people to purposely pull out some extra for you one person got it he has commanded people to leave it that you may glean a couple of you have got it He has commanded people not to trouble you. Ah. Purposely pull out some extra. Just leave some extra. Let her take it. Leave it purposely that she may glean. that she may not go home like a gleaner but like a reaper god does not want you to go back home like a gleaner now when you come to church don't come with the mindset of a gleaner ah endengilum kittu ennu ottru verakke parayunnilla endengilum something you will get that's the problem in christianity even when it comes to your even when it comes to god's word you remain a gleaner for life because you don't honor the harvest in the world don't settle for gleaning because god has commanded to purposely pulls out some extra for you 
Today is an extra ministering for you because you came to church. God gave some extra ministering for your sake that your life will be changed. Your circumstance will change. That you will see a miracle. That you will see a breakthrough. The preacher man went extra 15 minutes. Why? Because he wanted to give you extra today. The worship went a little longer today. You know why? Because God has commanded his, his, his servants to give you some extra. But we are complaining. I just want enough. Enough for today. But God wants to promote you. He wants to promote you. He wants to take you from a, from a, a gleaner to a reaper. And even further. He does not want you to go back home with a, with a gleaner's portion. He wants you to go back home with a, a reaper's portion. And that's right. We'll go there. We have time. Plans to prosper you. Say purposely. Purposely. He said purposely leave out some extra. Purposely pull out some grains. Purposely. God has got plans. He's got some purposes for you. Plans to prosper you. And not to harm you. Plans to bring you to an expected end. Honor God's word. Honor God's word. Be quick to fall at the feet of the Redeemer. Be quick to fall at the feet of the Redeemer. Be quick to worship. Be quick to consider why. Why me? Continually consider that. Why me? Don't forget that question. Why me? You will never find the answer for that. You will never find the answer for that on this side of eternity. Why me? Cannot be explained. Cannot be explained in human wisdom. But the prudence of God explains it so, so brilliantly. He loves you. That's why. It's hard to digest, but God loves you. The one who's in charge, the one who's in charge of running the universe, from galaxies to governments, no power or name exempt from him. That one says, I love you. That's right. For you, for your sake. He created everything for your sake. The stars were created for your sake. That you can understand the love of God. How vast is some of them. Let's pray. Thank you Lord. What you have spoken over us. Is not from man. It's not the language of man. It's not the language of earth. It's not the language of the earth. Thank you Lord for reminding us of redemption language. We can see these things in, in the words that Boaz spoke. In the response of Ruth. Her readiness to worship. She had a reason to fall down at the feet of her Redeemer. One question was enough for her. Why? Why me? Today some of us have forgotten, Lord. 
to even ask that question. We've forgotten that we can never find the answer in human wisdom. But your choice, your predestination, your foreknowledge cannot be explained. We fail. Your ways are inscrutable. Cannot be comprehended. Cannot be comprehended. Lord, you have expressed your desire concerning your people today. Thank you, Lord, for those who have responded and received the word. Thank you for teaching us principles of life. Things that amount to godliness. We heard today. And godliness with contentment is great gain. We want to be driven by favor, not by human calculations, not by the wisdom of this world. Cause us to be driven by favor. People of worship and brokenness. Why me, Lord? Why? Why have I found favor in your eyes? Why? Thank you for the love. Thank you for saving us. Thank you for favor upon us. Thank you for grace. We are forever grateful. We'll forever serve you. Thank you, Pa. Thank you, Lord. May your name be glorified in our lives. Even every single person in the sanctuary, even the ones who have watched us online, speak a blessing over your people. Speak a blessing over your people. Speak peace over them. The favor of the Lord rest upon them. The grace of God take them to where you want them to go. May them be guided to the right fields to the right portions. May them be guided to the right people. Be connected with the right persons in life, Lord. Channels of redemption concerning every situation be opened in Jesus' name. Ephata be open. Ephata be open. Access to the things of God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Break our gleaner mindset, Lord. Break our gleaner mindset, our gleaner mentality. You want to promote us to be a reaper and even beyond. And even beyond. Thank you, Father. May your name be glorified in our lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. 
Hello, this is Nishad Dilipkoshi. I'm sure this podcast has blessed you. Do subscribe to our channel for more messages and follow us on social media to stay connected. May God bless you.